Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive toolbox providing resources for building a better life. I am Zen Ashe. I'm your catalyst, your conduit, and your coach to that better life. A coach draws out hidden potential. A catalyst sparks change. And a conduit provides a connection. So I am here today to connect you to my guest, Miss Poet Goddess Fee. Say hi to the people. Hello, hello, hello. And we are here and I'm so excited. I actually woke up thinking about this this morning. We are going to be talking about walking in your divine birthright. We're going to be talking about how everybody is born to be a blessing. And that is is so amazing because I know some of us grew up and we we didn't actually feel like that. We kind of <laughs> felt like we might have been a little bit of a mistake or, you know, we were kind of a... Uh, Wondering what our purpose was, what our plan was, why were we here? Yeah. And and then for a lot of us, there comes that day when you know your purpose and you feel, I felt, peace and joy and just excitement. Like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I can, I can move forward now. I don't feel like I'm stumbling through life. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm just making mistakes. Like, I'm just clueless. And, and that was an exciting transition for me. And I know she's, she's not in her head with me. So I'm, I'm believing that she's going to tell us about, you know, how she came to that epiphany. And, and so I wanted to kind of start off with a little bit of, of history. I'm a teacher for those that don't know. And I teach AP English and pre AP English and I teach ESL and I teach regular, I teach all of that stuff. But when you teach English, you also have to teach a little bit of history because everything is created in a time period. Yeah. And so going back to American history, we started off with what was called primitivism. And that was the creation myths. That was the oral stories that were told and passed down. And those gave people a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose, because they knew their place in the tribe. And then we had the settlers that came over here and we had Puritanism. (laughs) And it was all about, you're all dirty, filthy, rotten sinners. You're going to bust hell wide open. And <laughs> the only thing that's going to save you is going to church and repenting for your sins. And there was the, a kind of a loss of a connection with nature yeah. and a sense of peace and just being a human being because everybody was walking around in fear and thinking about being worthless and being just dirty, filthy rags. And then we had romanticism that came in and said, oh, we don't believe in all that Puritanism stuff. We believe that people are good at heart. Yeah. And we believe that people, each person has a a drummer that's beating in their heart. They have a divine destiny and they need to follow their heart. They need to follow their instincts. And you had that kind of return back to that idea of we needed to be connected to nature and we needed to be connected to that inner voice. And, you know, now fast forward all the way to 2020, we're in this thing called existentialism. And existentialism means I don't think there's any meaning in life. I think everything is pointless. You know, I think there's no right. There's no wrong. There's no good. There's no bad. There's nothing. I don't even know why we're still on this planet floating around. And you have a lot of people that are in that because that is the title for what we're in right now. Existentialism. It's why do we exist? Is there any purpose? And so there's a lot of people that feel like there is no purpose. Like they feel like, you know, all of those beliefs before have been shown to be wrong and false, but I want to say, I think they're wrong. 
You know, I think that that we are born with purpose and I think that everybody can find their purpose. And then when you do find your purpose, again, like I said, so much peace and joy and you just feel like, all right, you know, I know what to do now. I know where I'm going now and, and yeah. I can move forward. So I said a lot right there. What what do you want right. to say? And, and, and <laughs> what was your journey to kind of finding your purpose? Like, where did you start and kind of how did you find your purpose? It took a lot of trials and errors. A lot of trials and errors with, um, I know just looking back, with everything that I've been through in my life, you know, I, I was always trying to figure out like, why am I going through so much at a young age, um, being sexual molested, being, you know, being bullied, being all these different things, going through failed relationships and not having the right father figure to help me throughout, like all these different things that actually played a very big part in my finding myself Hmm. but it all but with all those different things there was something positive that came out of it Hmm. I remember when I was in high school um I was I, I like I said I went through a whole lot of different situations but when I got in high school I took this I I was in anger management believe it or not. <laughs> and I had a, I had a felicitator. And the first thing she always asked to do every time we got in class was write down how you feel today. Hmm. And I was like, okay. So because I, this was new to me, I was like, I just wrote down simple words. Like I feel sad. I feel happy. I don't know how I feel. Like, I just kept on doing that. And she's like, you're not taking this serious. And I'm like, well, what you want me to do then? She's like, are you upset today? I'm like, no. She's like, what did you do today? Mm. And then I responded. She's like, I want you to write that down. Don't write down these simple words. Write down how you feel. And when I started to do that, then she was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. She's like, read this to me. And I read it to her. She's like, you know what that sounds like to me? I'm like, what? She's like, that's poetry. I was like, I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you're telling a story. You're telling a story about who you are, what you're going through. A lot of times when it comes down to being a poet, I I never understood what made me a poet until then is me telling my story, telling my truth. And, then one day someone else is going to learn from that. Someone else is going to take that information and be like, I went through that too. Mm. It's not so much as trying to make something rhyme or something go together. So many people got it mixed up. They like, Oh, it doesn't rhyme. It doesn't make sense. I'm like, it's not supposed to, Mm. your life is not going to make sense. Your life is not going to rhyme. It's not going to just go together and blend all the time. Sometimes it's going to be backwards. Sometimes it's not going to make sense. Sometimes it's going to confuse every single person you can run across. But being a poet means being free, being you. Stop trying to be everyone else. Sometimes you're not supposed to make sense. <laughs> if you, Because if you made sense, then you'll be like the next person. And 
that's when I discovered that there was something different about me. I went through the things I went through because for a reason, someone else was going through what I was going through, but they probably didn't know how to tell their own story. And then I got in college. And then I ran into um, this lady by the name of Mama Neff. And she was like the little old wrinkly lady in the library at, <laughs> at the issue. And I don't know why. I always thought she was older than what she was because she was so mature. But then I realized that she was young too. I was like, oh, okay. Well, thank you. And she was like, I want you to be a part of my team. I'm like, I'm I'm not a poet. She's like, oh, you're not? Oh, my bad. I'm like, wait, what team are you talking about? <laughs> and she's like, well, it's called Poetry and Politics. I was like, oh, interesting. Poetry and Politics together? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. And then she's like, I, she's like do you write at all? I'm like, uh, you wouldn't have asked me to be a part of your team if you didn't think I could write. She's like, well, I just felt like you had it. I feel like there was something about you. I was like, hmm, interesting. It's like, but do you write? I'm like, yeah, sometimes I write in my journal. And she's like, can I read it? I'm like, it's kind of personal. She's like, if you don't want me to read it, I don't have to. I'm like, oh, well, here you go. <laughs> and she read it. And she's like, you are a poet. I'm like, based off of this, she's like, yeah. It's like, I want you to be a part of this team for real, for real. Not just to help. I want you to be a part of it. And she taught me how to turn my journals into poetry. And then she introduced me to truth and greatness and sweetest black and um, all these different poets that I look up to today like, um, the world metician and um, zone and she she just introduced me to all these poets fluent one um, and then she she took me to this place called the Buku's Wings and Wings Poetry Cafe I was a freshman I didn't know nothing about this stuff and when I went it would be like a mob of us going from TSU down the street of Scott Street going and, and we did this every Tuesday night and every time we go it was like just poetry and music and it's like I was like this is where I belong I belong well, here I want to stop you because you're saying so many things and and the thing about purpose and the thing about divine birthright so you were born with all of the gifts that you have just like when we look at any baby you look at that baby and as soon as that baby starts to move and interact, you start seeing personality. You start seeing, oh, this baby's loud. This baby's angry. This baby's so sweet. This baby loves on everybody. This baby, look what he does that. Look what she does that. You start seeing those gifts come out. And, you know, what really good parents do is they nurture those gifts. But then as we get older, sometimes we don't see those things in us. And it takes people like Mama Neff yeah. or people like your facilitator to say, you're a poet, yeah. you know, and, and I believe, I know, I'm going to say, I know that God puts people in our path yeah. because when we're too young to know anything or to know what we're doing, they are there to say, this is what I see in you. This is what you have in you. 
and and they're there to encourage it so that they give us that that support that kind of helps us to stand you know and I think that's so powerful I was thinking about a story Denzel Washington mm. he was a uh, this wayward juvenile delinquent. He was getting in trouble, getting locked up. He said, that's his words, he said he was going to end up in jail or dead. And he went to his mama's beauty salon. And there was an older lady, like you said. And she said, baby, baby, come here, baby. <laughs> you know, like the older people say. And she said, one day you're going to speak to millions. And you're going to change people's lives, getting up in front of audiences and talking to people. And he said, he's me, me, you, you talk me. She said, yes. And what she said to him made him think a totally different way. He had never seen himself as anyone who would speak to anybody about anything. But he said after that, he was like, well, if I'm going to be speaking to millions, I guess I need to learn how to get up in front of people. Yes. And he started taking an acting class. And that is why he started in acting, because that woman said that to him. He said without her saying that to him, he wasn't thinking about being an actor. And now he has made that prophecy come true. Yeah. He has spoken to millions of people. Chadwick Boseman just passed recently. Denzel Washington paid for him to go to acting school. Hmm. Said, uh, I see something in you. I know you don't have the money to go. I'm going to pay for it. And think of all of the young black children that looked at Black Panther, that looked at all of those different roles that he played and said, I can be a hero. You know, I can be somebody people look up to. I can be a role model. I can be a strong black man who has some backbone and knows who he is. So when Denzel Washington got into his place, his divine birthright, it wasn't just for him. It was for all those millions of people that were going to listen to him and also for the people that were going to come and he was going to be able to sow into their lives and they were going to have fruit, you know? So when we, the, the beautiful thing about getting into your divine birthright is it ripples out and you touch this person and they touch another person and they touch another person. And then it, you never know where it's going to end because it's a wave, you know, and, and you can look back through history and see different people that got into their birthright. They got into that role and it just touched the next person and the next person and the next person and the next person. And, and it just never ends because that's the way things are. Energy moves, you know, and I think that's, that's so powerful because when mama Neff touched you, then you're out here touching people, you know, and you're, you're, you're creating pathways for others to touch people, Yeah, you know, and, and that makes it so powerful because they didn't know when they sold into you and said, Hey, this is your purpose. This is your gift that it was going to ripple out like that, but it is, Yeah, you know, so it's, it's a, and that's why it's so important. Those people in the audience, you guys in the audience, that is why it's so important that you find your purpose because you don't know how many people could be impacted by just you doing what you're supposed to do. That's it. Just you being who you're supposed to be can be so impactful to 
all the people that are around you. And so after you started hanging out with these people, what began to happen? Like, how did it help you develop that purpose and, and, and begin to walk forward in it? Well, I would say that it, hmm. It took me actually sitting down and figuring out what was all of this supposed to be trying to do to me. Um, because I, at one point, cause I've gone through so much to the point where I get distracted with what is being thrown at me. And I don't really know the difference between what is, what was meant for me and what is not really meant for me. I always got confused with that. And sometimes I get confused with that even now, but I'm, I'm quicker to think on my feet. Mm. Um, but back then I, I didn't know exactly how to maneuver Mm. between the two. So after, you know, I had all these different mentors through, you know, like I said, Mama Neff and then Ajali with Po um, Actry and all those different things. Like, I started to realize, I'm like, why is this, why is God giving me all these people? Like, what is this, re- what is the real reason for all of this? Like, what am I supposed to do with all this? I know I'm not supposed to follow behind other people. But I don't really know how to do this. I started getting lost in school and I had to leave. I dropped out of college and I was, but then all of a sudden I started doing cosmetology and I'm like, what am I really trying to do? And it took me literally sitting down and writing out my plans and saying, I need to do this. I need to do that. And then I prayed over it. A lot of people is afraid to pray. A lot of people is afraid to ask for help. A lot of people is afraid to take themselves out of the driver's seat and put them in the passenger seat and allow God to, to actually move the vehicle that they're in. I'm so used to trying to control everything around me. And then I get confused Mm. and then I get lost and, with a lot of a lot of people do that a lot, and they like, well, why am I so confused? Why am I not doing right? Why am I? That's because you're trying to control your. You're trying to control every situation. You can't control it. I've, I've went through that. I literally had to sit down and take myself out the driver's seat, and say, you know what? I'm not in control of this car. I can't, because I really don't know how to control it. I know that there's someone who can. And I allow God to just do it. I, I want to speak on that. You know, I, going back to what I said at the very beginning, when we go back and we look at nature, a seed goes into the ground and it's hidden and it has to be quiet. Like you say, get yeah. quiet. And it has to push through the dirt and then grow up. But that seed may not exactly know what kind of tree it is exactly until it starts blossoming. And then it can say, Oh, I'm supposed to be a lemon tree. Oh, I'm supposed to be an apple tree. Oh, I'm supposed to be an orange tree. I'm supposed to be a banana tree. It just knows it's a seed. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes we don't know what we're supposed to be until we actually get down in the dark and we get silent and we just start to open up to our environment, open up to what God has put around us and just listen. And what I do sometimes, I would encourage everybody to do this is just say, you know what? I'm going to be silent. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to think about my purpose and I'm going to be silent. I'm going to just sit here and I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to say, Hey God, just reveal it to me. If you don't reveal it to me right at this moment, maybe while I'm sleeping, give me a dream. Maybe have somebody speaking in my life and believe that the answer is going to come. Believe that when you get silent, it's going to, that intuition is going to flash up into your mind because, you know, I definitely believe in affirmations and I believe in visualizing your goals and all of that. But sometimes I believe that you need to stop trying to visualize. Yes. Sometimes I think you need to say, show me the path for me. Show me because sometimes what, what a lot of us don't realize is the path is actually bigger than what you would visualize. Hmm. You would visualize, you know, a one story building with your name on one little cubicle of that building. But God might have for you a whole plaza. I swear. It's funny that you say that because I was just talking about this, um, to, to the guy I've been talking to lately. And because he asked me this question, he said, looking at the beginning of the year, would you have ever imagined in a million years that you would be where you are at this very moment in time? And I thought about that and I was like, no, because at at the beginning of this particular year, everything I don't know what it was, but everything was going haywire for me. Everything. Relationship failed. I've had nine deaths on me this year alone. And it wasn't to COVID. Only one of them was to COVID. But I've lost my best friend to police shootings. Like it, this year alone has been crazy. And in the, And I told him, I said, I feel like you are heaven sent. And I, and, and like I said, the reason why I'm saying this right now, cause I think it's very, very, it is it, crazy because he was sent to me for a reason. The, the image of a man I pictured myself to be with for years was my ex. I used mm. to say, I'm, I used to write down when I was a kid, I'm like, I want to, when I get older, I want to be with someone that's strong, that plays football, that, 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 that can pick me up and hold me and, and, and that's just chocolate and strong and all these other things that loves art, that loves all these different things. And God, when I, and I kept on saying them and I manifested because I kept on writing it down and God gave me exactly what I asked for. That's why they always say, be careful of what you ask for <laughs> <laughs> because God gave me exactly that. And that relationship lasted for eight years all in all for eight years just to find out that that was not the person God wanted for me. That's what I wanted. That's not what God wanted. But because when you ask for something, 
and you keep on manifesting it, God's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give you what you want. Stop asking me. I'm going to give it. I'm, I'm going to give you him. I'm going to give it to you. But if he, if he's not what you really know you need, don't say I didn't try to give you something else. And that relationship didn't work. And then I was, I was trying to feel like, well, God, I'm, I don't know what to do. And then I heard this voice. And one thing about it is that I always tell people, I'm like, when you pray and you asking God for an answer, listen for that first voice. Don't listen for the second. Don't listen for the third. It's that first voice. That's the silent one, the quiet one that you be like, did I hear what I just thought I heard? <laughs> yes, you did hear what you just thought you heard. I, like, no, nah, I didn't. Hear. And when you say to yourself, no, nah, I didn't really hear it. And all of a sudden you hear another voice. That's not the voice of the, that's not the voice that you needed to hear. It's not the first voice, that silent one. Cause God, he's silent, but he's powerful. He moves in silence. You're not going to feel him. You're not going to see him, but you're going to know he's right there. And, but the only way you're going to feel him and hear him is if you have to take that deep breath. And after that deep breath, you're going to hear, you're going to hear something. You're not going to know what it is, but then all of a sudden when you hear it, you're going to know it, but you have to be paying attention for it. And God gave me this man at a time when I was like, I don't want, um, I don't want to be with no one at that moment in time when I lost my relationship and then my, my grandfather passed away. My biological father passed away. My best friend passed away. Aunts and uncles, cousins all passed away this year. And the same guy on the, I'm put like this. The guy I was talking to broke up with me on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. New Year's Eve, I went to an event. I didn't want to go, but I went. I'm like, I got to get out this house. I got to do something. I went to this event, pl- a plugged in event. Shout out to um, <laughs> Paparazzi Jewelry, Kimberly Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this guy. I was standing there. He's shorter than me. I didn't pay him no mind. Kind of like your poem about the, the, the <laughs> midget dude. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. He was staring at me and he said, you got some white on your bottom. I'm like, Kim, who is this midget dude next to me? <laughs> who would have thought that that would be the same guy I'm with right now? Hmm. The same guy. I've met him once at the event. I thought he was annoying. I saw him again at his house for a mixer right before COVID took place. Well, took over. Let me say that. And I, and, and I was told he liked me, but I didn't think nothing of it. I was like, oh, I'm not worried about that. I'm going through too much right now. But he kept on popping up. And it took Kimberly Brooks' birthday party. And we, we slept in the same bed together. Didn't do nothing. But that next morning, we talked all morning and we got to know each other and i was like why god brought what is this for and i asked god i'm like god if what why him of all people i found my happiness again i found joy again i found peace again only because he when god brings someone to you it's not going to be stressful Mm. It's not going to be problematic. It's not going to be complicated. God is not of confusion. 
When you find yourself being confused, something is wrong with that situation, especially if you're trying to control it yourself. If it's what you wanted, then it's going to be of confusion. But if it's if what you want is in alignment with what God has promised for you, then you're going to see yourself going places you never thought you would see yourself going. This year after that took place and I was, took myself out of the driver's seat, I'm like, I'm not in control of this. I've been going through too much. God, I can't do this by myself. It took me to sit down and cry and literally say, what am I doing wrong? And I heard that voice and it says, because you're not trusting me. Hmm. So I want to say something on that. You know, I know a lot of people, I'm going to say a lot of people like me, all right, may have an initial reaction to what you're saying. It's the whole trust God thing. Because if you've been in church, you didn't heard that <laughs> so many times. Yeah. Oh, Lord, you didn't heard that forever and ever and ever. And every time I would hear that, there would be a little... Uh, I don't know how would I put it a little is that your phone oh <laughs> I think you're <laughs> I think it was playing and something you shared probably popped up but um the journey can take you in a lot of different directions to get to where you trust God and my journey to trust in God went through some dips and turns and sideways, you know. So I left the church like four years ago because you're talking about confusion. I was raised Catholic, got born again in high school, went to non-denominational churches, tried the Pentecostals a little bit, tried all different kinds of churches, and I never really, really felt peace. And I was like, okay. This ain't working for me. I, I've I've hit my head against the same brick wall for thirty years. I'm I'm done. I'm done. And I told God, I said, I'm done. I'm done with the church. I'm done. I'm not going back. And I was like, I need you to show me you because yes. this four walls is not getting it. I didn't try every church that I could think of that draw drew me in any kind of way, and I'm just not. I went to seminary. I even got ordained. I mean, I didn't studied more about the Bible than most people on this planet. And I was like, I need this. This is not working for me. This is just not working for me. I have no peace. And I know I love you. And I know I want to know you. But this is not working for me. And so at that point, I said, I surrender. As you said, I'm not in the front seat anymore. I believe that you want me to know you. I believe that you want me to understand you. I believe that you want me. I don't believe in God works in mysterious ways. You're <laughs> not going to understand God. You need to just accept whatever the pastor said. Mm -mm, no, I can't mm -mm. do that. I can't do that. <laughs> so from that point on, my life began to go in a lot of different directions. You know, I got invitations to come to certain meetings. Books would pop up on my phone and ads. I was like, this looks really interesting. And there was a voice, read it. Okay, read it. I read it. You know, I read the Celestine Prophecy, amazing book. If you haven't read it, read it. I started reading Florence Scovel Shin, amazing books. I've read all four of her books, you know. Started reading books on metaphysics. Then I ended up going through a comedic initiation, going all the way back to ancient Africa, what we would have been taught, you know, 
and then seeing how it all fits together. Here's the Bible. Here's where it came from. Here's the metaphysics of it. It's all one thing. It's not separate. And the reason why it didn't make sense to me is because when I would go to church, I was getting this little sliver and they were telling me it was the whole pie. And I'm feeling like it ain't the whole pie. There's more to it than this because this don't make sense to me. And now I'm like, I see the whole pie. Yeah. I see the whole pie, you know, and and that's a beautiful thing, you know. And, and when you, again, take yourself out of the driver's seat and you say, okay, God, show me. Oh, you will be shown. You right. may not even be ready for everything you're, not you're shown. Be ready. But but you will grow into being ready and and it'll change you, transform. You know, the whole butterfly thing, you know, you go in as a caterpillar and you come out as a butterfly, but yeah. you have to be ready to trust. Because when a caterpillar goes in that cocoon, it literally melts into the cocoon and gets reformed. Yeah. And so some of what you are is going to have to melt away. Some of what you are is going to have to disappear. Some of what you are is going to have to leave for you to become who you're supposed to be. And sometimes we don't want to let go of that. We want to hold on to that. But when, you know, I heard this person say, for every birth, there is a death. You know, for an adult to be born, a child has to die in the sense you got to give up your childishness if you really want to be an adult. So you have to die to certain things that are childish for you to be an adult, you know, for a relationship to be born, that single person has to die. Those single ways got to die. If they don't, you're going to have some problems because you're going to try to be single in your relationship, you know? So, for every birth, there's a death. For every transformation, there's a letting go. And what helped me, again, talking about what I was talking about at the very beginning, is looking at nature and thinking about the magnificence that is our human body. You know, right now, I'm not thinking about my heart beating, neither are any of you, but it's beating. I'm not thinking about the blood flowing through my veins. I'm not thinking about my lungs opening and closing. I'm not thinking about the millions of cells in my body that are doing what they do, metabolizing food and fighting infections and all of that. But all of that's happening right now because God set it up to happen that way. And the air is here for us to breathe because, you know, it was set up that way. And the plants are growing outside that we're going to eat and animals and Everything on this planet, the millions of things that are going on right at this second, just so we can live, is all in the hands of God. And I'm worried about my little purpose. Like, he can't control that. Like, God ain't got that, you know? And when I started thinking about the hugeness of God and everything that's happening at all these times, and I'm not thinking, I can go to sleep. And there's planes flying over my head to stay up in the air, Hmm. you know, and there's all of these things happening that I don't have to worry about, Hmm. you know, and I could just, I can just rest and trust that if all of that can happen and all of the things that happening in my body, just to keep me alive, 
all of the things I don't have to think about just to keep me alive. Then since God brought me here as a baby and gave me a purpose as a baby, that that is the purpose that he, she, it wants fulfilled, you know, because to me, God is a spirit. It's not really a, a, a gender. But so that began to make me feel like, what am I worrying about? Why am I, why am I stressing about? Why am I not trusting? It's this thing. um, I used to do this podcast for the, like from January all the way up into the I'm Survivor Seminar. Um, It's this thing I do called Survivor Sunday. And one of the topics I did was um, the four P's, Mm. um, which is prayer, perseverance, um, prayer, perseverance, productivity, and purpose. No, no, no. Purpose and promise. That's what it was. Prayer, purpose. Wait, did I say it again? I'm sorry. I keep on saying it wrong. Prayer, perseverance, Purpose and promise. Four Ps. When you're trying to get something done, you know how they always say faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. Well, I always felt like this is the way that you go about it. Prayer. That's p- applying your faith. Because you have to pray. You have to pray and ask, ask them what you want. Tell them what you want. Ask God what you need for me to do. Then it's that plus symbol. You know, faith plus. Plus. That means you have to start moving. You have to show that you need this perseverance. Show that perseverance. That you really want this. So you have to start walking towards where you're trying to get to. God wants to see you moving. And you have to. Because God has a promise for us. He has a promise for each and every one of us. The reason why we do not have it in our hands is because we are only flesh. We, we can, usually when someone puts a dollar in your hand, what is the first thing you want to go do with it? You want to go spend it. God knows that already. So he's not going to give it to you right now. (laughs) He holds on to it. Until he feels like you're ready. It took me so long to get to that point. Because I I knew that there was something out there for me. I knew that there was a promise out there. I knew that I had to work towards it. But I I knew I had to ask him for it. Because I'm like, he's not going to know that I'm ready for it. Or that I even much want this. If I don't ask for it first, if I, he does, I'm sure he knows in my heart, but sometimes he wants us to confess with our mouths. Hmm. Sometimes he wants us to say, I need you. I can't do it alone. I, this is what I know I need to be doing. I know you told me this is where you see me going. I knew that there was something over me. I knew that God was giving me something. I just didn't know how to get there. I didn't know how to get to, to, I, to IAG. I didn't know how to get there. 
Because I was so stuck within myself and trying to prove to myself I can do this. Why am I proving to myself that I can do this if I am the person doing this? I shouldn't have to (laughs) prove it to myself. I should already know this. But I kept on trying to prove it to myself that I can be better than who I actually am right now. So it took me to actually say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I need you. And God gave me that voice that I was, that I sat there and was quiet for and meditated by the water. He told me, this is what I need you to do. Trust me. All I need you to do is just keep walking. And I'm going to put the people in your place. But what you cannot do is try to control it yourself. Stop trying to stop trying to move on your own because when you're moving on your own, you're going to get lost every time and you're going to lose sight of me. You're going to get distracted by the things that's around you. I tell this to my little sister all the time. You, It's going to be things on the side of you that's going to always try to distract you from what God has promised to you. But if you stay focused, God is not that far away from you. You just have to hold on to him and grab him and say, I'm sorry I left you. I'm back. I'm back. Because he's always waiting for you. He's not going nowhere. He's been right there the whole time. You're the one who walked away. You're the one who turned around. You're the one who got distracted because this guy over there was saying something real slick or this job over there was saying, hey, I can pay you more money than the job you have. Sometimes God just wants you to stay. Stay still. Look at me. Follow me. I have the way for you. And once you keep on going straight forward and you feel like you can't go no further, that's when God steps in and says, okay, you've done all you can do. And I see it. I got you. Yeah. You know, sometimes people read the Bible and they really don't know what they just read. Right. <laughs> you know, cause like I think about the story of, uh, when they asked Jesus to pay his taxes Mm. And and they were like, "Do you agree with paying taxes to to Caesar?" And Jesus said, "Uh, show me a show me a coin, whose inscription is on the coin." And if Caesar's inscription, he was like, "Render on the Caesar was Caesar, render on the gods was gods." And they said, "So are you going to pay your taxes?" And he said, "Give me a fish from your what you just caught." And he, they brought the fish over, and he looked at it. And he picked up a fish, opened the mouth of the fish, and inside the mouth of that fish was a coin. And he said, here's enough to pay my taxes. Hmm. Keep the change. Hmm. Now, now. <laughs> now, that Come story on. is a miracle. But what, what people don't see in that story is there was already provision already for what he needed which was money to pay his taxes. And Come all on. he needed to do was have the intuition to when I need it. God's going to direct me where to go. Mm. Now, money was in the mouth of a fish. Now, Mm. we know that fish, any animal can swallow anything. So that could logically happen. But the point is, sometimes what you need is in the most unexpected place that you would never look for. Come on. But when you listen and you're guided and you just do, even though... If we go logically, let's just go logically. 
Who would say, bring me a fish when somebody says, how are you going to pay your taxes? Who would say that? That Why? What you need fish for? We asked you for money. I told you to bring me a fish. Bring me the fish you just caught. Okay, because it's you, Jesus. I'm going to go get this fish. I don't know. I think you are nuts. I think you are crazy. But I'm going to bring you the fish. Hmm. Now, now you're going to do even the crazier thing. You're going to open the fish's mouth hmm. and put your hand in it. And then when you reach out of the fish's mouth or you take out of the fish's mouth and there's a coin in your hand, people are like, how did that happen? Keep the change. Yeah. You know, and I love that story because as you were saying, you don't always know where the blessing is going to come from. At all. And it could come out of the mouth of a slimy fish. Hmm. That, you know... There is a scripture that says, God will make my enemies to be at peace with me. Yeah. And there have been times when I have been dealing with something, didn't know where the answer was going to come. And I said, okay, I've done everything I can do. I'm going to just leave this to you. You have a, you, you said this was my purpose. You said this is where you wanted me to be. This needs to happen. I don't know how this is going to happen, but I believe that you have a way. I believe that you are a way maker. I believe that you're going to make a way out of no way. And then a person that I would have considered my enemy, but you know what you do? You bless your enemies. You don't curse them. You say, you know what, Lord? I believe you're going to take care of that person. I don't even have to worry about that person. I send them blessings. I send them grace. I ask them to find your peace and love and harmony and all that. You bless that person. I believe in the law of forgiveness. I believe that the law of forgiveness is going to make, Everything work for me. They're going to be a chain of good for me. They're going to bring me good. And then that person, that person be reaching out to you on Facebook, Instagram, you know, hitting up your email saying, you know what? I just saw that you have this event. Do you need blank? I do need blank. Okay, well, you know, this so-and-so said they'll do this for you. I didn't even know if you needed it, but here you go. Hmm. And your enemy, the slimy fish, brings you the the money that you needed or the connection that you needed or the opportunity that you needed. And it was in the mouth of the slimy fish, Hmm. you know? So when you get in line with your divine purpose, everybody and everything can become a chain of good. You know, I I read in Florence Scovel Shin, she said, I realize that there are no disappointments. They're only happy surprises. Yeah. Whatever I consider a disappointment, I call it a happy surprise because it's going to come around and something good is going to come out of it. Oh, yeah. You know, and so that was just realizing that, again, God is bigger, sees the whole picture, can move people, can move situations, can change things around. You know, the world is a huge chessboard, you know what I'm saying? And and the one reason why we can't and we shouldn't try to control everything is because we only know our side. We only know our little portion of the chessboard. We don't know everybody's position. We don't know everybody's connections. We don't know all that stuff, but God does. Oh, yeah. And, and, and just leaving ourselves open when I need it, 
it'll come. When I need it, it'll be there. I'm going to do everything I can do on my part. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be work. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do this and that. But I'm also realize that there's a thing called grace that covers a multitude and it's going to, it's going to line things up for me, you know? And so going back to how do you get to that point for me, getting to knowing my divine purpose was going back to what did I feel like I had a a gift that was given to me that I didn't work for something that I just could do. And it came to me easily. Something that people kept saying, you're good at that. Like people would say, Oh, you have a nice voice. Oh, you sound really nice. Maybe you should speak. Maybe you should perform. Maybe you should have a podcast, (laughs) you know? And people kept saying that. And I'm like, I should listen to them. Or you write so well. Your writing uplifts me. You're, you soothe me. You're my Zen. People gave me the name Zen. If you guys don't know that, that, that was a name given to me. I didn't name myself that. Just listening to what you just said. It, so two things. How I got the name Goddess. Um, don't mind my cry. <laughs> I got the name Goddess way before IAG, way before 2K Poetry, way before Poetry. I got um, Goddess Fee back in 2011. Um, I had a friend of mine. I It was my first um, transition phase. I was coming out of an engagement um, with this guy and I, and again, I prayed and I was like, God, who do you want in my life? What do you want me to do? And all this other stuff. And I guess I was praying for something completely different from what God was trying to give me because the next, that Sunday I went to church for my cousin's baptism. And when I left out of church, there was this guy standing there. He was facing the opposite direction of me. And all I saw was tattoos. He was tall, light-skinned. I'm like, ooh. Not what I was supposed to be thinking in church. <laughs> I was like, ooh, who is he? And when he turned around, he was this guy that I went to elementary school with. I'm like, oh, wow. You've grown up. <laughs> so we exchanged phone numbers and we started talking. We went on a date. It was horrific. Completely. Like he was putting a flag on my, like one of the little gang flags. He put it on my, on my rear view, on my mirror. I'm like, sir, take that down. He wanted to get a beer from the corner store. I'm like, hold on. Like, what is, what is all of this? So the first date was horrific. But at the same time, I found out something about him. He was using. And at that moment in time, I was like, after that date, I was like, God, I don't know why you entered, why you represent him to me. Like, I was like, now I don't, I hope that's not who you have in store for me. But then he called me back and he says, Fee, I, I want to make up this. As soon as I finished praying, he called me back to my feet. I want to make up this date to you. I was like, Everything within everything within my head was telling me, run, no, don't do it. But something in my heart, in my spirit was telling me, 
Go with him. Go with him on another date. So I said, well, let me pick how the date goes. So that day I took him to the lake and I was like, let's talk. How has your life been going? I don't know what told me to take him to a lake and just talk. I was like, how has your life been going? And he told me, I was like, wow. Well, do you think you should be doing something different? He's like, I think I should, but I don't know how I've been doing this all my life. Gangs and drugs and all. He's like, I didn't ask to do, be doing drugs. I was given drugs at nine years old. Hmm. And I was like, well, I think you should, I think, you know, I can help. I can help you with this, with just helping you kind of find yourself just a little bit, you know. So that night I took him to a poetry room. Um, the secret word, Mama Neff. <laughs> and he listened to me do poetry that night. And he listened to other poets. And then when I tried to take him home, his mom changed the locks on him. And there was a note there by the door. And she says, don't come back to my house until you pay me the money you stole from me. Oof. And I said, what are you going to do? You can't just be standing out here. He was like, he was like, Man, I don't know what to do. Like, take me to, take me to the shelter down the street or something. I'm like, so I took him. They was booked. He says, I don't know what to do right now. I'm like, I was like, okay, how about this? They closed right now. I'm like, I, we can try going, cl- I have to go home. This is not my car. This is my mom's car. Let me, uh, you know, I, you can stay in the park around the corner from my house, I guess. And I can take you in the morning, you know, hopefully they can accept you then. So the next day he was at the park and when I came, when I walked to the park where he was at, he, I found a bristle pad on the ground and I said, what is this? He's like, I was going to, I was like, you was going to do what with the bristle pad? <laughs> and he, he, cause he was gonna, um, he was trying to, um, slit his wrist or cut, no, or it was cut not that, um, I think either heroin or crack shoot. or something. Yeah. That it, it shoot up. Oh, um, and I was like, well, why didn't you? He like, I don't want to do that no more. And I was like, okay, um, well, <laughs> so what do you want to do right now? He was like, I don't know. Can you pray with me? I was like, sure, why not? And then after we prayed, I told him, I'm like, look, Instead of me taking you to the shelter, tonight is Bible study. Let let's I'm sure your mom will be there. Talk to her. And that's all I need you to do. Nothing else. Just talk to her. Well, when he went to Bible study that night. As much as I don't like the church that we was going to at the time, he felt, I don't know what it was that came over him, but that night he was, the pastor said, 
who would like to give their life over back over to Christ? And with tears in this man's eyes, he walked to the front. And me feeling that, because he's sober now. He's been sober all day. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, he really mean this. <laughs> he, so I walked up behind him, and I put my hand on his back. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, I've been ready to do this for a long time. And then afterwards, he talks to his mom. His mom <coughs> still didn't want him to come to the house. So I, me and my mom took him to Ben Taub. And we thought he would stay there because you can check him in. And he could stay there overnight or or for however long. Well, when we went back to see how he was doing the next day, he was gone. I was like, where he went to? He called me on his mom's phone and says, I'm at home. I said, oh, okay. He's like, can you come and see me right quick? I was like, okay, sir, I will do that. When I went to him. And I said, so what's going on? Like, he still had clear eyes. He's like, I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I'm going to rehab. I was like, okay, congratulations. <laughs> He's like, but I need to tell you something. I'm like, what's that? He's like, I didn't know why God sent you, put you in my life right now. But now I feel like I know. You shown me what God looks like. I was like, huh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> That's always been my thing. It's interesting. I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, you showed me what God looks like. I never knew what God looks like. I didn't know how it, I didn't know how it felt. And I'm like, at that moment in time, I was like, well, if he says, I showed him what God looks like, I want to be like that for other people. I knew I was a counselor at that very moment. I knew right then I was, po I was sent to people to help them, to guide them into the right direction. I created IAG because I wanted to help people. Oh, I feel like crying. I gave myself the name goddess because of that moment. Because if I am the female version of a god, I am a goddess. And all that means is that I'm a female entity of everything that makes up God. I am to guide people. I am to help people. I'm to lead people. And sometimes I don't know how to. So what do I do? I go back to God and say, God, what do you need me to do? You know, I want to say that's the very beautiful story that you just that you just told us. And, you know, a lot of people say Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. And they don't know that Christ is a title. Yeah. Christ is not a name. It's yeah. a title. Christ means the anointed one. So when you say Jesus Christ, you're saying Jesus, the anointed one. But everyone who has been put here and begins to walk in their divine purpose 
is an anointed one given ability and power and strength by God to do the work of God to be hands and feet and voice and, and, and love and, you know, all of those things. So we are all, everybody walking in their divine purpose is Christ, the anointed one. We are all anointed ones. When you decide this life does not belong to me, I am just a vessel. I am just a vessel. I am just a vessel. I am not Marlena Johns living for myself. I am a vessel. And what I am here for is this. I am here for Zenergy. I am here to, for everybody out there seeking to improve their lives, to give them a connection to give them a catalyst, to give them some food for thought so that they can say, I have an idea. I have some inspiration. I have some motivation. I have some ability. I have some purpose. I have, I have it. Now I just have to walk in it mm. and I have to be obedient yeah. to be a vessel. I want to make more vessels you know, that are ready and willing to serve for the greater good, yeah. you know? And, and when you said you gave yourself the name goddess, you know, I told you everybody else called me Zen. And then finally I said, all right, I'm Zen, I'm Zen. And then Ashe came as a, um, a connection to my history, to Africa, to the whole lineage I owe something to the people that came before me. I owe them to live my life the best that I can. I owe them to honor their their suffering, their sacrifice, their everything that they put in me. Yeah. So I was put here to bring peace. I was put here to soothe. I was put here to inspire. But I was also put here because without the people that came before me, I don't exist you know, my mother, my father, my grandfather, my grandmother, my great, 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 you know, all of those people, their DNA is flowing through me. And so, you know, that's where my name comes from. And every time I say it, it reminds me that I am here to give peace and I am here to honor those that came before me, yeah. you know, and, and so when I went through initiation, when you go through initiation in a comedic ceremony, they give you a name. And they go to the ancestors and they basically go into meditation and say, okay, what's so-and-so's name? Well, when my teacher went into meditation and she called me, she said, uh, okay, we're getting ready for your naming ceremony. We're getting ready for you to, to uh, you know, cross over with all the other ladies that are going through initiation. Do you want to know your name? And I said, yeah, I want to know my name. What's my name? She said, your name is Zenashe. The ancestor says, you don't have another name. You've already been walking in your purpose. Hmm. <sighs> you want to talk about feeling like, um, I don't even know how to put it, but it was an indescribable feeling to, to know that my ancestors approve and say, yes, you are peace. Yes, you are the voice of your lineage. You are the voice of those that came before you. Your voice is here to guide and soothe and to inspire and to, you know, Ashe means what I speak comes to pass. 
I have the power to change reality. I have the power to change the world. So it's a beautiful word. Um, it's also the same as amen. Yeah. You know, so be it. But um, to to know your name is powerful. And as poets, as performers, we get to choose our names. But, you know, in the Bible, God changed people's names all yes, the time. And sometimes you may need to change your name, maybe not on a legal document, but you may need to say, um, you're not going to call me whatever that word was that you called me. You're not going to call me the B word. You're not going to call me, and you know, out of my name because I'm not that anymore. You know, and you may have to say there are certain things I'm not going to answer to anymore. You know, I'm not going to call myself broke, for example. I'm not. I'm not broke. The first name that I was given was the first name I called myself. Let me say not given because that name wasn't given to me. I called myself Glamorous Diva because I thought I was like all pretty and all this other stuff when I was a freshman in college. But like I said, but it took that moment to tell me what I should have done differently. And I immediately stopped calling myself that. I was like, that's not me. Like, yeah, I like to look pretty. Yes, I like all those things, but that's not me. So, and, and it's like when I start to embrace that feeling, that change, that's when stuff started taking place. That's when moves started being made. And then it was something you told me. I don't know. Was it last? It was last year. It was after season greetings. And you told me. You unify people. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And I was like, you're right. Immediately after that, I literally, I got off the phone with you that day. And I stood in my room and literally I closed my eyes and I felt like I was looking at myself. Mm. And then I literally, and I said to myself, I said, Felicia, go sit down somewhere. You, this is not, this is not for you right now. Felicia, you go sit down. I got this. And who was talking to Felicia? Goddess Fee was. Goddess Fee told Felicia to go sit down somewhere. You crying too much. You not ready for this task. Let me handle this for you. I got you. You go sit down. You relax because you, you being, you being paranoid right now. You just doing too much. Go sit down somewhere. Like, like a mama talking to a child. I was talking to myself like I was my own child. Like go sit down somewhere. I saw my, the little girl self, my little girl self went to a corner and went to go sit down. And I let mama take care of it. I let God's feet take care of it. And immediately I was like, okay, what do I need to do next? I started writing down like, okay, this, okay, let, okay. I'm a survivor seminar in 2020 that would take place. And this year took over. And I was like, okay, I can't have a survivor seminar the way I thought I was going to have it. Okay. What, what to do? Then Felicia tried to trink back to me. I can't do this. I can't do this. But then all of a sudden, God was like, no, goddess, step in now. <laughs> uh, intervene now. And then all of a sudden, I can do it virtual. And 
literally, I had a powerful virtual event. I didn't know what I was doing, but it went successful and it was powerful and it was emotional. And I was like, I just touched lives than more than just in my city. Mm-hmm. If I would have had the Honor Survivor Seminar, it would have just been people from Houston being able to watch it. And not everyone would have been able to see it. By me doing it virtual, I allowed people to be at home with their families having watch parties from Houston all the way to New York City and probably in Africa. I had people watching. I was like, Felicia sat down and let Goddess Feet do what she was supposed to do. She let it take place. So by you telling me right then and there, I literally had to sit there and say, Felicia, go sit down somewhere. You're doing too much. You're worried about you. This is not about you. There's people out there that's waiting for you. There's people out there that's waiting. Well, you know, I want to say something. You know, the people at home, you might not have a performer name, but the thing is you do have a spirit, a soul, and a body. And there are times when your spirit self may need to say to your soulish or your physical Hmm. self, stop acting like that. Get up and do what you need to do. You know, your spirit self may need to rise up and, and, and say, you know what? I got this because we, we do need to realize there's more than one voice going on in this body. There's that emotional self that wants to do what emotions do. There's that physical self that does not feel like getting out of bed. And then there's that spiritual self that's like, I'm about faith. I'm Mm. about knowing who I am. I'm about purpose. Mm. And that's the self that we need to, as people say, the higher self, that's the self you need to feed. That's the self you need to elevate. You know, there's that wonderful Native American proverb that there's two wolves in the heart. You know, the the, the hateful wolf, the, the fearful wolf, all of that. And then you have the other side, the brave and the honorable. And whatever one is going to win is the one that you feed. So sometimes you need to starve all that negativity and feed the positivity. And that's one thing that affirmations do. That's one thing that great books do. That's one thing that watching things like this do. They begin to stir up that higher self in you that higher vision of yourself so that you actually can get away from the limitations of the, 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 the soulish self, you know, the one, you know, we've been trained a lot of ways that are not good. You know, we've been told that there's lack and there's fear and there's worry and there's stress. And, but a lot of that is choice. A lot of that is choice. We don't have to walk around stressed. We don't have to walk around worried. We don't have to walk around fearful. We can walk around at peace, knowing that our our God is bigger than all these things. And like I said with the slimy fish story, if God has to send you a slimy fish in the form of a person or in the form of a physical fish to give you what you need, then be ready for the slimy fish, you know? I mean... Just realize that there's so many opportunities. There's so much abundance. You know, I remember hearing um, Abraham Hicks say, when you're driving down the street, you're driving through a sea of money. Hmm. So don't tell me that there's not money because there's money flying over your head going through, you know, there's billion dollar transactions going right above our heads right now. People making deals. And who's to say that that money can't be coming to you? Yeah. 
Who is to say that you can't have eight streams of income? Who is to say that you can't create a business today? There is a woman, a single mother, that made $157,000 during COVID selling skincare products. Black woman. She didn't make it before COVID. She made it right now. And she didn't say, it's COVID, I'm not going to make any money. She put her stuff out there and she made her money. You know, there's people becoming millionaires right now. So there's so much potential and, and it takes first realizing that everybody watching, everybody that exists was born for a purpose. You have a purpose. You have a purpose that only you can feel. I cannot be goddess feet. She cannot be me. I cannot be the cameraman, John Ross over here. I can only be me. I have a certain gift. I have a certain ability. I have a certain vision. And if I just listen to that guidance within me, things will start to happen. But I also want to say that you also have to realize going back to nature, there are seasons. So, Sometimes you need to know what season you're in. Yeah. If if it's your winter season, everything might not start working for you the way you want it to because in winter the ground is hard. You know? Everything's not producing in winter. In spring that's when things blossom. So sometimes you have to ask God, okay, 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 is this my season or am I supposed to be preparing for what's coming next? Come on. You know, cuz sometimes we get frustrated cuz things aren't happening fast enough. Look at nature, baby. Look at nature. You don't put a seed in the ground and it spring up tomorrow in, in a full 100-foot tree. No, mm. things take time. Some things do happen overnight, but some things happen seasonally. And so we also have to realize that when we talk about divine purpose, we talk about divine order. We talk about divine timing. And those things are set, and they're not set by us. God set up the seasons way before we got on this planet. Yeah. You know, he set up the tides way before we got on this planet. So we have to learn how to flow with the seasons. We have to learn when it's time to sit still and pray and learn some stuff and work on ourselves. And then when it's time to get out there and be harvesting and when it's time to be planting, you know, we need to learn those things. And, and it's all about, listening and being guided you know so I wanted you to tell us just a little bit about IEG how they can find you what you have coming up you know those kind of things because we're gonna need to wrap up this episode well um you can follow myself as well as IEG Productions on Facebook as well as Instagram at IEG Productions that's I.A.G Productions on Facebook as well as Instagram. You can also find us on um, YouTube at Poet Goddess Fee. Um, the events we have coming up, um, you can check you can check me out, honestly, every single Saturday with Black Coffee with a Side of Tea on Stunner Radio, um, as well as we have just now made it to iHeart Radio, so I'm excited about that. Um, you can check us out every single Saturday. Um the next event that we actually have coming up is on January the 2nd. It is called Artistically Royal, which is a 
it's a goddess it's a embracing the goddess within an event um we're doing vision boards trash can past we're doing um, discussion panels as well as a goddess circle so if you would like to be in attendance for that make sure you follow following us on social media at iag productions thank you so we have Thanksgiving holidays coming up and, and I want to encourage you guys to be safe. I definitely want to encourage you to, to be thankful, not just at Thanksgiving, but every single day. Gratitude is, is a key to really improving your life and really just understanding all of the blessings that you have, no matter what's going on, you still have blessings. And uh, we have Christmas coming up. Some people celebrate Christmas, some people don't. But whether you celebrate or you don't, you see I have all this merch here. And I wanted to talk just briefly about purpose. When you follow your purpose, it infuses everything. My merch is about purpose. You know, it's not just because I like certain designs. It's because every one of these designs has a message. Every one of my designs has a message. You know, I have masks, I have shirts, pillows, blankets, t-shirts, you know, mugs. There's some mugs. You can see some of the masks. So I wanted to say to you guys, give the gift of lift. Lift people up. Lift people up so when they look at your your shirt, they look at your mug, they get an inspiring message. They're lifted. You know, one of the things about nature, you know, there's a, a parable of the sower that's in the Bible. And it says that what we put out is a seed. So this little episode right now is a seed. And this seed is going out there on these airwaves and it's going to fall on some hard ground in some places. People, some people may turn it off. It's going to fall on some not so hard ground, but the birds of the air are going to come and snatch up the seed. It's not going to develop. It's going to fall on some kind of good ground, but then the, the weeds will spring up and kind of strangle it. So it doesn't produce, but it's going to fall on some good ground. And maybe one thing she said or one thing I said or a whole bunch of things we said are going to take root in your mind, in your heart, in your life. And then it's going to produce fruit. And that fruit is going to be something that nurtures you and nurtures other people. And, and the thing about merchandise is you can plant a seed just because somebody reads your shirt. And they get something to take with them. And you're planting a seed in their life that could bring fruit, that could bring positivity. You know, they're looking at your mug and they're like, that's a really nice message. Oh, that made me feel good. I feel some kind of way. So you can actually give the gift a lift just by what you wear, just by what you use, just by what you give people. You know, we give people a lot of things that don't have any messages to them. But we can also give people things that do have messages, that do inspire. And so I want to encourage you to, whether you get it from me or whether you get it from somebody else, give the gift of lift this year. Lift people up. Inspire people. Motivate people. When you give your gifts, give them a seed that can actually produce some fruit. You know? Yeah. Because yeah, I like to give gifts that keep on giving. Yeah. You know? And, and it's not just 
uh, uh, something cute that doesn't mean anything, but it's something that has some substance to it. So give the gift of lift. So thank you for joining us on Facebook live and the people who are going to hear this later on the podcast and see it on YouTube, tune in to black coffee with a side of tea Yes, and follow, you know, goddess fee. And then Follow me also, Zenashe. You can subscribe to this, you know, Zenergy podcast. You can get all the episodes that are coming up. And I want to thank you guys for joining us. May you walk in Zenergy.